0: be with all the brothers and sisters and also be with our study this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We ask you to meet every need that we just mentioned to you. We ask you to heal those who need healing. Provide peace of mind for those who are worried and struggling with anxiety of any kind. We ask that you will heal those whose Upon whom you have placed worry and anxiety, upon whom you placed pain of any kind, that you will deliver them from the trial that you placed upon them. And now, Father, we ask that you will go with us in this study this morning and help us to see more of your mind, more of what you have in store for us, and help us to see how we, how we are your your temple. We are your train. We are the work of Your hands, and we we are the 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 epitome of that work, the crown of that work. Help us to appreciate the blessing that it is to know You and to know what You're doing with us. We ask all these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, we are going to see a little more of the mind of the Lord today where, in Isaiah 6, where he calls us seraphims. And we're blessed to be able to see that because few people do. Now, there are people who do see that we are the seraphims, uh, that we're the caribans. There are people who see these things, but not everybody is able to understand what it means and to know what these creatures do. When I say they know that that we are, what I mean is they realize that these creatures represent God's elect. But it is few people indeed who know what it means to be God's elect. Few indeed. So I'm going to read the three verses that we've been reading. All well, we, well, we cl- covered last week was verse 1. In the year Uzziah King, King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So let's ask, what are the seraphims? We spent our entire study last uh, week discussing why it was uh, in that this vision was given in the year King Uzziah died. That was the year that uh, Isaiah was given, see the Lord strong, and that it was high and lifted up, and that his train filled the temple." We saw in our study that we are the Lord's temple. We read the verses that Isaiah is a type of us. He was given the Lord's, to see the Lord's throne in that particular year because Uzziah was a presumptuous king whose way produced a, uh, a leprous king. His presumptuousness produced, produced the leprosy that the Lord struck him with. And as such, Uzziah typifies our own leprous condition as the presumptuous, proud, self-righteous, and self-willed re- rejected anointed of the Lord. And that's who we all are before we die to the old man of sin. Or begin to die, I should say, because it is a process. Now, King David signifies God's very elect. But he's preceded by King Saul, who also symbolizes the Lord's rejected anointing. This is what King David said to King Saul. While David, was, who was God's very elect, was fleeing for his life, God's rejected anointed from King Saul. This is in 1 Samuel 26, verse 23. The Lord rendered to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today. But I would not stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointed. David recognized King Saul for what he was. He was the Lord's anointed. We need to do the same with the churches of the world, with Babylon, and acknowledge that Babylon is the Lord's anointed. They've been given the job of doing what they do, and that job is is to deceive the world, to lead all of God's people astray, away from His very elect, and to try to get them to hate and kill God's very elect. That's, that's the job that was given to King Saul. That's the job that was given to, uh, as we'll see, Uzziah. That's the job that is given to the whole world that knows Christ but is rejected of Christ. King Saul had been told that God had rejected him and would replace him because of presumptuously disobeying the Lord's commandment to destroy all that pertain to the enemy of Israel. King Saul didn't want to give up his kingdom just because he had rebelled against the Lord's commandment so presumptuously. Our old man within us does not want to give up his kingdom and die. He really does not want to lose his kingdom, and he will not do so willingly. He will not die willingly. First Samuel 15, verse 22 and 23 tells us the story. Samuel said after he seized the cattle and all that Saul had brought back when he was told to destroy everything, Samuel said, the Lord has Hath the Lord great delight in burnt offering and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen to God is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion, now he's telling this straight to King Saul's face, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. That's what we tell our brothers and sisters in and out of the church, every year about this time, because of this season that we must live through, we have to say these words to the world. Obedience is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a, as witchcraft, and stubbornness is as the sin of idolatry, because you have rejected the word of the Lord. When you just put the season ahead of obedience to God who says, don't do these things to me. Don't tell me you're Christianizing paganism. Don't do that. Deuteronomy 12, verse 29, read it with your own eyes. He has also rejected you from being king. We saw in the story of presumptuous King Uzziah another example of the Lord's rejected anointing. King Uzziah was stricken with leprosy and was cast out of the temple by the Lord's faithful priests. The message we're being given here is that those who see the Lord's throne of this temple are only the priests who do not tolerate presumptuous false doctrines. And that's what it is. It's presumptuous to expect God to accept paganism in worship to him when he specifically said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to have any part of it. Those are the false doctrines of all who do not tremble at the word of God. They don't tremble at God's word. They want God to tremble at what they want to do. That's what they want. Those few priests who are granted to oversee the Lord's temple must be able to and willing to try the spirits to say boldly with Christ and his Christ, we are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that's not of God hears not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. That's what we've got to be willing to do. John 4, verse 1, Beloved, First John 4, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they're of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Try the spirits, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. False prophets bring false prophecies, false doctrines. That's the spirits we're trying. Hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus is come in the flesh, your flesh and my flesh, he's here right now, is of God. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus is come in the flesh is not of God. I'm not denying Christ came in the flesh 2,000 years ago. I'm, what I'm denying is he ever went anywhere. He didn't go anywhere when he went to heaven because Christ was in heaven while he was on earth. And ascending in the clouds just to let you and me know that he is above the earth. That's all that's for, because we are the earth and he's our head. This is that spirit of Antichrist, wherever you have heard that it should come, even now it's already in the world. There you go, the Antichrist came thousands of years ago. So, you know, the fact that it's still here doesn't mean that it didn't come and that it hasn't been here all along, it is. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That's just the way it is. You don't have to worry. You can go into the fire furnace. You can go into the lion's den. You can tell the world you are not going to partake of their system. And the Lord will see you through it. They are of the world. wherefore, Therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. We're of God. We're of God. He that knows God hears us. Not the world. The world doesn't hear us. But we're of God, and he that knows God hears us. He that's not of God does not hear us. Hereby, that's our litmus test right there. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The message in those verses is the same as the doctrine of Christ, when he told the established apostate church, the leaders of his day, you have not known God. But I know him. He's speaking of the Father, of course. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his sayings. And that's what we're doing this season of the year every year. It's going to come around till the Lord comes. That season is going to come around, and we are going to have to stand up before the world and say we know the Lord. Those in whom the Lord dwells are his temple. And they also are those who make up his train, because his train is who he is. And this is who he tells us he is. Matthew 25, verse forty. The king answered and said to them, Verily I say unto you, and as much as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brothers, you've done it to me. As much as you've done it unto one of the least of these faithful servants of mine, the ones who do what I say, you're doing it to me. In Acts 22 verses seven and eight, I this is all of Tarsus. I fell on the ground and heard a voice saying to me, "Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me?" And I answered, "Who are you, Lord?" And he said to me, "I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting." Christ knows God. It's He Himself who tells us that He's living His life in us. Therefore. The Jesus of Nazareth, whom Saul Tarsus was persecuting, can boldly say with Christ, we're of God. He that knows God hears us. He that's not of God hears not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Those who know God know and recognize who are those who are not speaking the words of God because they try the spirits to see whether they are of God. And if they find anyone who is not speaking the words of Christ, then they flee from that prophet who is spreading false, a false spirit and a false doctrine. John 10, verse 5. A stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Well, they know, know not means they, they understand that this is not the voice of Christ. That's what it means. Those who are the temple of God, those who make up his train, know his voice. And the verse about the seraphims we're, we're examining today typify those who know how to distinguish the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And like Christ and John, they don't hesitate to say we're of God. He that knows God hears us. He that's not of God doesn't hear us, and hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now, there are a lot of different symbols of God's elect. Those who know God are symbolized by the temple in which he dwells. They're symbolized by his train. They're also symbolized by these seraphims and cherubims, and by the four and twenty elders, which are within the temple and around about its throne. All of those are types of God's elect. Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 3. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up in his train, filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With twain he covered his face, face. with twain he covered his feet, with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. I have emboldened that one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole world is full of his glory. I've done that for a reason, as we will see. The books of Ezekiel and the book of Revelation speak of four living creatures and four beasts being around the throne of God. Ezekiel 1, verse 4 through 8, uh, 6, I looked, and behold, a whirlwind out of the north, a great cloud, a fire enfolding itself, and brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof, as the color of amber, and out of the midst of the fire. Also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. They had the likeness of a man, and everyone had four faces, and each one had four wings. Now, there's a reason why these four faces are on each creature and why they just have four rings in Ezekiel and we need to need to know what that reason is. The four faces are the same four faces of the four living creatures which are called caravans both here in Ezekiel and in Revelation. They're, they're called caravans in both places and the faces are the same but in Revelation it's four separate creatures Each one has a separate face. Here in Ezekiel, they all have the same face. And that should tell us something. It should tell us that we are each other, that we are all Christ. And by the way, Christ is right there in that temple, and yet he has all these people around him that he says are him. He is both himself as well as those who are around him. And those that are around him are both themselves as well as those who are around them. Four faces in one creature. That I hope you can see that. I don't think I've got that particular note in here, but that's that's the significance of those four faces. We are in Christ and we are in each other. We suffer with each other. We rejoice with each other. We learn with each other. Ezekiel 1.10, The likeness of their faces they four had the face of a man. The face of a lion on the right side, and they forehead the face of an ox on the left side, and they forehead the face of an eagle. Now notice that it's an ox here in Ezekiel 1, an ox and an eagle on the left side, a man and a lion on the right side. In Ezekiel 10, the same four living creatures are called cherubims. They're called cherubims in Chapter 1 also, but they're called cherubims in Chapter 10. Then I looked, and behold, in the firmament that was above... The head of the caravans, for there appeared uh, over them, as a as it were a sapphire stone, as the appearance of the likeness of a throne. And the likeness of their, and verse uh, ten of the same chapter, the likeness of their faces. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is going back to chapter uh, one, verse ten. Likeness of their faces. I, I'm I'm pointing out here is that uh, chapter 1 verse 10 says that they had the face of an ox on one side. And uh, and they're called cherubims, and they both in both chapters there's a throne and cherubims, and the creatures are alike. Just as in Isaiah's vision of the seraphims, the vision of Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapters 1 and 10, and in the book of Revelation, all all concern what is in on and about the throne of god and that's that's what i've got uh, emphasized there in chapter uh, 1 and in chapter 10 of ezekiel there's a throne and above the firmament let's let's look at them one after the other here above the firmament ezekiel 1 verse 26 was over their heads was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone and upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above it. Ezekiel 10, Then I looked and behold, in the firmament there was above the head of the cherubims there appeared over them as it were a sapphire stone as the appearance of the likeness of a throne. And in Revelation 4.6, And before the throne was the sea of glass, like a crystal. In the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four creatures full of eyes. It's the same picture in every case The details differ, but the point being made is the same. God's throne is surrounded by his train, his, his body. Jesus of Nazareth, as he says in Acts 22, verse 8. It's in Revelation 5, and there alone, that the revelation is given of who these beasts are. I say there alone. It's actually all through the book of Revelation, combined with what's said in Revelation 5. But it's also being said of the four and twenty elders, and everything that's around that throne is who these beasts say they are, these beasts and these four and twenty elders. Revelation 5, verses 8 through 10. When he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harked golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. See, we're just being told what these things are. Our prayers this very morning for each and every one that we mentioned in those prayers, they were a sweet savor to our Heavenly Father. And all of these creatures, because you and I are praying, that's what this verse right here is telling us, is all of our prayers have that sweet smell Going up before our heavenly Father. Let me read this verse again, so that we get the meaning of what's being said. When he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Now, if you prayed with me, and if you pray with me, as we should be in pray without ceasing then we have just fulfilled verse, five of Revelation, or verse 8 of Revelation 5. And we'll fulfill the rest of these verses. And they sung a new song saying, You are worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every kindred tongue, people, and nation. Now, 1 John 4 verse 17 tells us that as he is, so are we. So we are worthy to open those seals. We are worthy to die and to suffer reproach, to die daily, to be a living sacrifice for his body's sake, which is the church. We are right there with Christ. And we are worthy to redeem, to save souls from hell. That's that's what the Bible says. Let him know that he that converts a sinner from The error of his way has covered a multitude of sins and has uh, has saved a soul from hell. So we are saviors, just like Christ, by our own blood, his blood, because our blood is his blood, out of every kindred, tongue, and people, and nation. And you have made us. This is these beasts speaking. This is these four and twenty elders speaking. This is these seraphims. This is these cherubims. This is his train. You have made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. That's who we're talking about. Now there's a lot yet to learn about these beasts and all that they are and all that they do. And we need to know what that is because Christ wants us to know what it is. That's both inward and outward, that promise there. You have made us kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. Now I asked you all to pray for me just this past week, Wednesday, when I went up to meet a man who had called to meet me on the, the Meetup thing that uh, uh, Mitch has me on, and it was a very interesting uh, morning to say the least, you know. But the man was totally Babylonian. He thought he was out of Babylon, considered himself to be out, but he still believed in the Trinity and in heaven and hell, and and uh, he d- he didn't. He didn't believe that, uh, uh, you know, he's not new age by any means, but he's certainly in Babylon. And it made me just appreciate all of you even more, you know, because it's been a while since I've uh, been in that particular setting where the person I was talking with was just, (laughs) you know, it was good for me. (laughs) I did keep my... My uh, presence of mind, and I, I, I truly believe I represented Jesus Christ to the man, but I did have to let him know that his doctrine was just simply not in line. I told him when we were com- communicating on uh, the computer, I said, "We will, we will." He says, "We, he says, we will get together and we'll see who is, see if we're both as, as excited about serving our Lord." I says yes we will meet and we will see whether we're see- serving the same Lord I said because uh, the the most Christianity does not serve the Christ that I serve and he says same same here same here you know so we got together and we found out that we were actually serving two different Jesus'es and I seriously doubt we will be meeting again he did ask me to send him uh, after the counsel of his own will because that of course was the big thing He believes in free will. But uh, I say that's an inward and an outward uh, promise, you know, to make us kings and priests. And in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 2 and 3, we're told that. Do you not know the saints will judge the world? Uh, Speaking of the outward world as well as inwardly, personally, and if the world should be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters within the church? Know are not we will judge angels? How much more of things that pertain to this life, this physical life? He's contrasting the physical life that we're in right now in the vessel of clay, a body of Christ, with judging angels in the lake of fire. Now, I remember as a child hearing of these seraphims and sermons, which were preached in the church, and I asked my father, who who I at that time thought knew everything. I thought he knew everything about the Bible. I said, Dad, what's the difference between the cherubims and the seraphims? Now, they're both said to be located in the presence of God. Both are near the throne of God. Both have uh, six wings, and both say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Why, I asked my dad, I said, why is one called seraphims and the other called cherubims? And I, I think it's it's a worthy question. I was just a little seventh grader when I posed that question to Dad. And of course, Dad had no idea. But uh but I would hope that you and I can learn something about why that is. Let's notice what we read here in Isaiah six about these seraphims which are uh above the throne. Above it stood the seraphims. Now this is not to be taken that the seraphims are more exalted than the the throne is, or being more prominent than the Lord's throne. The Hebrew translated here as the English word above is ma'al and it's the same word translated on high in this verse of Exodus 25 verse 20. The cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high covering the mercy seat with their wings and their faces shall look one toward the other. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubim be. So. With these seraphims, it's all about the throne. The, it's the mercy seat which represents the throne of God. And that's the center of attention of these seraphims and the cherubims and everything. It's all concerned in and uh, centers around the throne of God, just as the cherubims do in Revelation 5. Now let's notice how similar these words described in the seraphims here in uh, Isaiah 6 are to what we're told about the four beasts in the book of Revelation. Uh, Revelation 4, verse 7 and 8. The first beast was like a lion, same, same same, animal. Second beast, a calf. Ox and a calf, same animal. The third beast, the face of a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. Same four animals. And the four beasts had each of them six wings, just like the seraphim. And they were full of eyes within. And they rested out day and night, saying, holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, and which is to come. Now, there are no eyes mentioned in Isaiah 6, but when we know that they're the same creature doing the same things, and we put it all together with with what's said in Revelation and Ezekiel, we get the sum of God's word, then we know that we're actually talking about the same symbol, a symbol of the same thing, which is us as God's elect. Both are around the throne. Both have six wings. And they both say holy, holy, holy. That is the living creatures and the spare Seeking to know the sum of God's word on this subject, we'll go back to Ezekiel one, and this is what we're of the exact same four beasts around the throne of God in Ezekiel. Out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four creatures, and they had the likeness of a man. And everyone had four faces. There was nothing about the likeness of man in Ezekiel 6, I mean Isaiah 6. But, and they're called seraphs, which, which is actually serpents, but they still do the same thing. They have the six wings, they're the same thing. Everyone had four faces, and everyone had four wings. And their feet were straight feet as the sole of their feet. And the sole of their feet was at like the sole of a calf's foot. And they sparkled like the color of burnished brass. Anybody who knows anything about cattle knows that they have a cloven hoof. And they had the hands of a man under their wings and on their four sides. There it is again, just like in the book of Revelation. They had the hands of a man under their wings. And, and the four had their faces and their wings. Their wings were joined one to another. They turned not as they went. They went every one straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, they had the face of a man and the face of a lion on the right side, and they forehead the face of an ox on the left side, and they had the face of an eagle. So each beast had, has with him an accompanying wheel with which we are told. They ran and returned as the appearance of a flash of lightning. Now, as I beheld the living creatures, this is Ezekiel 1, verses 14, 15, down through verse 20. As I beheld the living creatures, behold, one wheel was upon the earth beside the living creature for each of the four faces of it. And the appearance of the wheels and their work was like burrow. Now, I've been told that's green. That's a green color. And these four had one likeness, and their appearance and their work was, as it were, a wheel within a wheel. When I say I've been told, I mean, I've looked into all the commentaries, and everybody seems to agree that this merle is a green color. And when they went, they went in their four directions. They didn't turn as they went. They went in their four directions. Well, there's, you know, north, south, east, and west. How can they go in four directions and still be part of the throne of God? Well, it's no big deal when you understand that God's everywhere. He's in you and He's in me. And going and coming is no big deal when you're everywhere. (laughs) It's, It's just not that big of a mystery when you believe what the Scriptures say about where God is and how He gets there. He's just saying this, all of this, all of these symbols are just symbols to tell us what we need to know about the God that is invisible and is omnipresent and is all-powerful. That's what, that's what we're being given here. When they went, they went in their four directions. They didn't turn as they went. As for their rims, they were high and fearful. And those four had their rims full of eyes round about. The wheels are full of eyes. And the living creatures went, and the wheels went beside them. When the creatures went, the wheels went beside them. When the creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. Wherever the Spirit was to go, they went, there the Spirit was to go. And the wheels were lifted up beside them, for the Spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. Well, the Spirit of the living creature is the same as the Spirit is in Christ, which is the same as the Spirit which, in his fa- which is in his Father. All of that. Wherever the Spirit was to go, they went. For the Spirit of the living creature was in the wheels, a wheel within a wheel, running and returning as the appearance of a flash of lightning, has been interpreted by so many different ways down through, in so many different ways down through the years some are given not given spiritual eyes to see and ears to hear interpret this wheel within a wheel as the appearance of a flashing lightning to be some kind of a heavenly ufo i remember so many people in the concordant group and in the worldwide church thinking that very thing operating as a gyroscope of some kind such speculations, you know, gyroscope is a wheel within a wheel. Such speculations are as numerous as the individual imaginations of those who express their own interpretive speculation. And it's not, that's all it is. It's just speculation. A much more biblical understanding of what we're being told is this simple spiritual truth. John 14, 20, in that day you will know that I'm in you, I'm in the Father, and you're in me, and I'm in you. Ezekiel one tells us these four living creatures. Of these four living creatures, they had the likeness of a man. Verse five: Out of the midst thereof came the likeness of living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. We're also told that each one had four faces: the faces of a man, the face of a lion on the right side, the face of an ox, and the face of an eagle on the left side. Chapter ten reiterates each carob had four wings, but instead of an ox, in chapter ten we're told. One had the face of a carib. Chapter 10, verse 14. Everyone had four faces. The first face was the face of a carib. Not an ox, a carib. But they're the same thing. The second was the face of a man. The third was the face of a lion. And the fourth, the face of an eagle. Now what this tells us is that the face of a carib in chapter 10 is the same as the face of the ox in chapter 1. Wealth, we are told, is by the strength of the ox. And the ox was the ultimate sacrifice one could offer to God. This is very likely why Israel made a golden calf in the wilderness and why Jeroboam made two golden calves, one in Dan in the north of the kingdom and one in Samaria in the south of this kingdom to entice Israel into idolatry and to keep them from returning to Jerusalem and the temple there. In Ezekiel chapter 10, we're also told that both, both the wheels, <coughs> which were by the caravans as well as the caravans themselves, were full of eyes. And the caribans having the form of a man's hand under their wings is reiterated in both chapters 1 and 10. Chapter 10, verse 8, there <clears throat> appeared in the caribans the form of a man's hand under their wings. And when I looked, behold, the four wheels by the carabins: one wheel by one carib, and another wheel by another carab. and the appearance of the wheels was this, the color of burlstone, and their appearances, they four had the likeness as if a wheel had been in the midst of a wheel. And, and as they went, they went upon their side, four sides. They turned not as they went. But to the place where the head looked, they followed it. They turned not as they went. And their whole body, their backs, their hands, their wings, and the wheels were full of eyes round about, even the wheels that they four had. That, that, let me read that verse again, because this, this is telling us something, if we can... Uh, see and hear, their whole body, their backs, their hands, their wings, you know, they, 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 were, they were like a man. Their wings, their wheels were full of eyes round about, even the wheels they forehead. These creatures can see things. They can see past, present, and future. They can see up and down and all around. They were capable of looking all around in every direction within. It said that within, eyes within, as well as looking all around in every direction without. Here is the spirit full of eyes which is within these four creatures and their four wheels. Here is the meaning of a wheel within a wheel. Revelation 5, verse 6. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven Spirits of God sent forth into all the earths." Now, the Spirit of Jesus Christ is in all the earths because we, right this moment, perhaps have people on this fellowship right now from all around the world. Christ is the mystery of a wheel within a wheel full of eyes within us. It's Christ who tells us so. John 1420 again. In that day you'll know the Father, and you and me and I and you. In Colossians one twenty six and 27, Even the mystery which has been hid from the ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to us, to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, eyes in you, on you, all over you, the hope of glory. When Christ is in us, we're full of eyes, within and without, seven seven eyes, the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Ezekiel ten twelve, and their whole body, their backs, their hands, their wings, their wheels were full of eyes round about, even the wheels they four had. Those wheels are just simply the ability that we have to navigate. For for me to be in right this very moment, in your home, where you are, and you to be right here with me. That's what these wheels are telling us. This is the living creature, Ezekiel 10, 20 22. This is the living creature I saw under the God of Israel by the river Kibar, and I knew they were caribans. He knew they were creatures, he knew they were caravans, but Ezekiel was not ministering to himself, he was ministering to us as we saw last week, First Peter 1, verse 12. Everyone had four faces apiece. We're all in each other and in Christ. Everyone had four wings. It's the whole of us. That's what these four wings tell us here in this particular description. And the likeness of the hands of a man was under their wings. Well, if you've got the hands of a man under your wing, and you are the likeness of a man. You have arms with those hands under those wings. And the likeness of their faces was the same faces which I saw by the river Kibar, their appearances and themselves. They went, everyone, straight forward. Christ and all in whom he dwells are single-minded in their obedience to their father, to him, him and his father, his and our father. They go, everyone, straight forward. They turn not to the right hand or to the left. And this is what that means. This is the meaning of that statement. Deuteronomy 5, verse 32. You shall observe to do, therefore, as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Just go and do what God says to do. That's what the spirits do. They do what those, the wheels do, what the, spirits, the, what the creatures do want to do. The creatures are doing what Christ wants to do. Christ is doing what his father wants to do. And they don't turn to the right or left. Second Chronicles 34 verse 2. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father and declined, not, declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. Proverbs 24 verse 7. Proverbs 4 verse 27. Excuse me. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove your foot from evil. That's what we're being told. These creatures are faithful to God. They turn not as they go. If these four creatures are Christ in us, then we will remove our feet from evil in this present world. And in time, we will be given spiritual bodies, literal spiritual bodies, as the redemption and purchase possession at the resurrection then we will be capable of running and returning as the appearance of a flash of lightning. Right now we're doing that in Christ in these bodies of clay but we're going to be given spiritual bodies like Christ himself has in time. Ezekiel 1.14 And the living creatures ran and returned as the appearance of a flash of lightning even now through his father's spirit Christ is within his people the world over as he is, so are we in this world. In him, we too are where we need to be. And we're there and we'll return as the appearance of a flash of lightning. First Corinthians 5, 3 through 5. For I verily, here it is, just, you know, St. Mike, you're kind of stretching. Thinking, no, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I verily is absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were pre- present concerning him that has done this deed, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, When you are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's there? Christ is there. Who else is there? We're there in spirit. Gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. To deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Okay, there we are. Now, why do the seraphims call to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord? Why, why do they do that? And, the, and This is verse 3, chapter 6 of Isaiah. One cried to another, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole world is full of his glory. This is the spiritual meaning and the spiritual benefit of us telling each other that our, Lord, our Holy Father is sovereign in all of his creation, and that he is a loving Heavenly Father who is working all things together for the good after the counsel of his own will. And this is what he does for us. Malachi 3:16 through 18 Then they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another, and the Lord listened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name." Now, you know, I've checked and the the word spoke often. That's not there, but we do speak often. Even though it's not there, we do speak to one another. We ought to be in touch with one another. There ought to be a connection between the parts of the body. My little toe is just as connected to me as any other part of my body. I very much value virtually every part of my body. Every part of it is highly uh, prized and nurtured and loved and appreciated. And so it is with my spiritual body. There is not a one of you who I do not love and appreciate. And, and when, when we do lose a part of the body, it is a, it is a painful uh, extraction. It's a painful operation of the spirit. Now, the Lord heals us. But nonetheless, that's what we feel when, when someone is just taken away from us. It's not a, a very good experience. It's, it, it's, it's good overall. God makes everything work out for good. But that's the love we have. That's the affection we have for one another. The Lord feels the same way about us. He heard it, and the Book of Remembrance was written before him. For them that feared the Lord... They weren't afraid of what men thought of what they'd do and say. They feared the Lord. They trembled at His word and thought upon His name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son that serves him. Then, when we have that spirit, when we have that, that this isn't talking about some future event alone. This has a present application. Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serves God and him that serves him not. That is the same thing as saying, we know God. He that knows God hears us. He that doesn't know God doesn't hear us. Hereby know we, the righteous and the wicked, him that serves God and him that serves him not. We do that right now if Christ is truly within us. That's our study for today.